the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, April the 25th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On April 25th, 1945, during World War II, the United States and Soviet forces linked up at the Elba River. That meeting sort of dramatized the collapse of the Nazi Germany's defenses. It was pretty much over at that point. Today in 1507, a world map produced by a German cartographer named for the first recorded use of the term America. He used that word, America, in honor of Italian navigator America Vespucci, who had been doing some exploring back in the early 1500s, long before um, Christopher Columbus went on his famous voyage. Today in 1862, during the Civil War, a Union fleet commanded by David Farragut captured the city of New Orleans. Today in 1901, the New York governor signed an automobile registration bill which imposed a 15-mile-per-hour speed limit on the highways. And you had to drive slower than that when you were in town. Today in 1945, delegates from 50 countries gathered in San Francisco to organize the United Nations. Today in 1990, the Hubble Space Telescope was deployed with a lot of pomp and circumstance. They put it in orbit from the Space Shuttle Discovery. Then they discovered that the telescope's primary mirror was flawed. So they had to do a repair job in space. It worked out just fine. Today in 2019... Former Vice President Joe Biden entered the Democratic presidential race for the third time, declaring that he wanted to become President of the United States. Why? Here's what he said. He said to fight against Donald Trump for the and wage a battle for the soul of this nation. That battle is now playing out before us. I want to talk a little bit more about that this morning. But one year ago today, America's top general in Afghanistan said the U.S. military, under the leadership of Commander-in-Chief Biden, had begun closing down operations in the country of Afghanistan. That withdrawal, as the world now knows, was one of the worst catastrophes in military history. Not that we shouldn't have been withdrawing, But it was the way it was handled. Some of our own soldiers were killed. People who had worked with the United States been promised that they would be taken from the country if we should leave for the sake of their lives and their families' lives. Just left behind, abandoned. Nobody knows for sure how many Americans were left there because they couldn't get out of the country because of the way that this chief, commander-in-chief, handled the execution and his people that he has placed under him for military activities. It's really sad and it's bothersome 
you have to wonder if we were attacked, much like we were, say, by Japan at the beginning of our entrance into World War II. What if China decided to declare war on America today? It would be nice to have a unified America, but we don't have that today. In fact, as the national debate turns more and more to moral issues, the chasm in America seems to be growing deeper and wider. Polarization on social issues is creating dramatically different legal landscapes between red and blue states, as they say, Republican and Democrat, conservative and so-called progressive. Republican-led states are passing laws limiting abortion and restricting child sex change procedures, while Democrat-led states are expanding abortion access, styling themselves as havens for transgender children fleeing the Republicans in the red states. The divide between the American left and the right on whether or not children should be sexualized in schools continues to grow. It's like a fire burning, consuming, and ever spreading. We can't even agree on whether the United States should have borders. Therefore, even to exist. How did we get to this point of absolute cultural insanity. We live in not Disneyland, but pretend land. Sometimes I, I'm sure you do too, but I stop and I ask myself, is this really happening? It is. It's sad, but we need to be strong and stand, particularly in times like these. That's why Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 12 and 13, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open under their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you? If you be followers of that which is good. The answer to that rhetorical question that Peter asks is no one. No one can stand against God. Because God is almighty. He is before the beginning and after the end. He circumscribes time. God has always been, will always be. He is holy, holy, holy. Lord God almighty who was and is and forever shall be. That is really the battle that wages not only in our country, but visibly so in our country but around the world, the battle between good and evil. Evil has been defeated, but it certainly takes its toll on humanity. And that's why God says to us in his word, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open under their prayers. When you say your prayers today, remember God's ears are open to your prayers because you serve him. Not that you're perfect, but you serve him. And if you don't, I would strongly encourage you to do so by accepting his son, Jesus Christ, as your savior. If you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ died on a cross for our sins, 
and that he rose from the dead. That's how you become saved. You become a Christian, true Christian, a believer, by that simple act of faith and action. You must confess it. But today we live in a world that's very demanding, and I think I thought of a verse this morning that I often used to share when I was a pastor when we were going through things in the country and in locally sometimes and so on. Do not grow weary in well-doing. Don't ever, ever allow yourself to be tricked by Satan to grow weary. Say, what's the use? We can't, it doesn't matter. We're outnumbered or whatever. Yeah, Gideon was outnumbered as well but it worked out very nicely for him and the cause of God in his day. So don't become weary in well-doing. Don't just throw up your hands, even silently in your own mind, and say, well, it's over. I mean, there's nothing we can do. You can pray. You can become involved. We'll get to a little bit of that today, but let's talk about that. I want to take a moment to thank you for your support of this program, this ministry. I, I feel very strongly about it. I wouldn't do it otherwise. I, I just wouldn't do it. I, I enjoy it, but I, I wouldn't do it. But I, I feel so strongly uh, that the Lord has really spoken to me to do this. And I want to thank all of you who support this ministry. It, it just wouldn't work. It couldn't exist if it weren't for you. And I'm very aware of that. And I thank you from my heart for standing with me financially. And if you listen to this program and maybe a new listener, or maybe you've been listening for a while and you really believe in what we're doing here, um, I would ask you to consider prayerfully if you should become a donor, become a supporter of the ministry, and help us financially. We need your help. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Abraham Lincoln had not yet become president, but he had been named by the Republicans as their candidate for the Senate. At that same convention, he began this speech. They asked him to speak as the convention closed. Abraham Lincoln, an up-and-comer, he stood up and he said, Mr. President and gentlemen of the convention, if we could first know where we are, and whither we are tending, we could better judge what to do and how to do it. In other words, if we knew where we are, if we really understood what's going on today in America, in his day, not now, but then, he said, if we understood what's going on in America and what we're doing here, we could better judge what to do and how to do it. Profoundly, profoundly simple, but profoundly true. He went on to say, we're now in our fifth year since the policy was initiated with the avowed object and confident promise of putting an end to slavery. But he said, we're not making any progress. The progressives are saying we're making progress, but we're not. He just called it what it was. And under the operation of that policy, this young Abraham Lincoln said, that agitation has not only not ceased, but has constantly augmented. In other words, it's not getting better, it's getting worse. <clears throat> Lincoln said, in my opinion, it will not cease until a crisis shall have been reached and passed. Then he said this, 
<clears throat> he said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. He was quoting Jesus there, Matthew 12:25. The Bible says Jesus knew their thoughts, verse 25. And he said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. Lincoln continued, he said, I believe the government cannot endure permanently half slave and half free. I do not expect the union to be dissolved. I do not expect that house to fall, but I do expect it will cease to be divided. It will become all of one thing or all of the other. Profound truth, indeed. Disney, when Disney said publicly they were going to take on the legislature and the people of Florida and the governor, and they were going to embark on a cultural war to overturn or somehow defeat their recent law that they passed regarding parents and parents' authority over their children and what their children are taught in public school. Disney's market cap, or the value of that company, has dropped almost $34 billion in the last few days. I've talked about Disney and all of this a couple of times, a couple of days in the last several weeks. It's dropped almost $34 billion in value since they took that position. Ron DeSantis uh, signed the law in, uh, in Florida. He signed it into law on March 28th. That same day, Disney waded deeply into the controversy. I talked about it on this program that day, issuing a statement that was highly critical of this bill, this 1557 in Florida. They said it was the company's objective to have it repealed. From March 28th, the day of the company issued the, the statement, to April 22nd, what was that, Friday? Disney's market cap has fallen by $33.9 billion. Classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation, the bill says, or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. That's what the people, the governor, and the legislature of Florida has said they believe. That's how they want their state. And Disney says, oh, no, you can't have authority over your children. You can't demand that we give the public education, give your child age-appropriate sex education. We have an agenda, and we're going to push this through, and it doesn't matter what the public thinks. And the immediate result of that was a infringement on the people who own stock in Disney Corporate, the Walt Disney Company, I think it's officially called the Walt Disney Company, if I'm not mistaken. $34 billion evaporated immediately in value. They don't care because the Disney family is wealthy themselves off Walt's dream. But a couple of the family members have kids that are very confused and they're involved in transgenderism and one thing or another. And so those parents are the ones that are pushing the family name and the company to do what they're doing. And the taxpayers who are investing in that company 
with retirement pensions and whatever are the ones paying the price. That so often is the case. One set of people act, another group of people have to endure the consequences. In fact, our conversation in America has gotten so bad that the question is being asked and the answer put forward, should America even exist anymore? And apparently in the minds of the radical left, the answer is no, it should not. President Biden's Department of Homeland Security officials are privately admitting that up to 6,000 foreign nationals are standing in Tijuana as I speak this morning. They're waiting to rush the United States border when President Biden ends Title 42, Public Health Authority, on May 23rd. They're waiting. They know what's coming. The borders will evaporate as far as they're concerned, and they will walk into America and into the heartland of America, and we will never know where they are or who they are. This has been a very successful plan to control our southern border that Trump put in place, this Title 42 public health authority they're putting they're taking it down there are even democrats asking the president to reconsider but he said no no we have to do this because this is the compassionate thing to do this is the right thing to do we're fighting this battle against donald trump without title 42 even biden officials are admitting they expect up to a half a million border crossers and illegal aliens the equivalent of atlanta georgia's complete resident population in the city limits. That many to arrive at the border, oh, not once, every month. Arizona's Representative Andy Biggs, he says he expects 30,000 border crossers and illegal aliens every day at the border. And he's very well informed. Andy Biggs from Arizona. President Biden plans to cut deportations for border crossers and illegal aliens. Instead, he'll be shifting to mechanisms, his words, his department's words, like parole, notices to appeal, that's called NTAs, and alternatives to detention, that's called ATDs, and all of which ensure the mass release of foreign nationals into the United States interior. From January 2021 to February 2022, Biden released more than 756,000 border crossers and illegal aliens into the U.S. interior. In March of 2022, last month, he released more than 80,000 border crossers and illegal aliens into the interior of this country. And nobody knows who they are or where they are. There's a population larger. That population is larger than his own hometown of Scranton. Pennsylvania that he talks about so often. Why would he do this? Well, some open border advocates claim essentially removing our borders is the Christian thing to do. Sojourners, largest Christian left organization in the country, not the only one for sure, but the largest, they say that's the Christian thing to do. We must have compassion. Why should we enjoy all this freedom and wealth and blessing and deny that to the rest of the world and let allowing them, not allowing them to have the same? We've got to take down our borders and let other people enjoy this beautiful land. Does anybody ever, does it occur to them that if you do that, you don't have this? All of the goodness and the blessing and the prosperity that God has given this country evaporates when they finally get all the walls torn down and build 
highways and freeways coming from every direction, dumping people into the middle of America, many of whom are looking for a better life, but some of whom are looking to destroy and kill. They're bad people, and we all know that. George Soros and people like him who pour billions of dollars into efforts to remove our borders are globalists. We know what they want. They don't believe in borders should even exist. They, they, don't, they want one world, one world monetary, one world government, one world monetary system, one world religion. That's what they want, and they see themselves sitting near, at or near the top of it all. No sovereign nations in their mind. But how can we ever find common ground on this issue? We are divided. Ronald Reagan once said, a nation that cannot control its borders is not a nation. That's what these people are saying by this compassion that they quote often, misquote. That isn't compassion, as the Bible teaches compassion. They need to take 30 minutes out of their busy life and read the Bible. The Bible doesn't describe compassion by destroying that which God has given you. In fact, the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. And we are required to be wise and to be attentive to what God has given us. And that doesn't mean tearing down the borders and saying, yay, we're really good Christians, because the whole world is flooding into our country and it will soon become the squalor that's found in other third world countries. This chasm in America is growing deeper on the moral issues. Republican-led states are passing waves of laws limiting election, elective abortions and sex change treatments on children, and the left is shrieking. I mean, they're beside themselves. They, they use all these code words. They don't say the words that are actually describe what they're, what they're standing for, but they're doing it. And while the red states or the conservative states are taking these positions, the blue states are attempting to become havens for transgender children and abortion seekers. Legislative efforts to impose like 15-week abortion limits restrict sexuality, gender ideology in classrooms and limit transgender participation in women's sports and on and on it goes. We talk about that all the time on this program. While Republican state lawmakers have pushed a socially conservative agenda, blue states are firing back with their own social policies. They want to advance legal abortion up to the point of birth. And now the conversation is happening about maybe perinatal, meaning up to months after the child is born. I'm not overstating that. I mentioned it the other day on this program. As Texas attempted to prosecute child sex change procedures as a form of child abuse, Alabama is passing a bill banning sex uh, change treatments for minors, California lawmakers introduced a bill that would make the state a place of refuge for families who are dis, um, dislocated, basically, by conservative states who want to preserve life, as we are told to do by our creator. They want to become California lawmakers. They, the bill is in, in the process. I mean, it's going to pass. They have the votes. For families putting their children through medical sex Changes, they can come to California and take care of all of it in a welcoming environment, as they say. In fact, California is promoting abortion tourism now. 
They also introduced California legislation to fund abortion tourism in anticipation of more women traveling to the state as Republican-led states passed numerous new abortion restrictions in 2021 and, and currently in 2022. Newsom is all over this. He told ABC News, he said, we'll be a sanctuary. He added that patients will likely travel to California from other states to seek abortions. Republican Alabama Governor Kay Ivey, she supports a bill requiring sex-segregated restrooms as well as a bill banning sex change procedures for children. She said, enough of this woke radical nonsense that preys on our kids. ABC said, quote, abortion, perhaps more than any other issue, has divided the country for decades along mostly partisan lines. A new decision overturning Roe v. Wade, they say, which would come next summer, meaning this coming, would be the culmination of more than 40 years of conservative activism. Partisan activism, I would ask, or fighting for the most fundamental human right, the right to life to the unborn child. The New York Times says a wave of legislation, I'm quoting them, is making states not only a little different, but radically different. The Times says... The Republican activists pursue conservative social policies to state legislators across the country. Liberal states are taking defensive actions. Most all of the mainstream, end of quote, most all of the mainstream media that reports, they're reporting caste conservatives as the oppressors and the far left as the oppressed. In other words, the people that want to kill unwanted babies now beyond birth are being oppressed by people like you and me. I mean, it's stunning. Terry Schilling is president of the pro-family uh, pro political active organization called American Principles Project. He says frustrated parents are the driving force behind much of this legislative action regarding the promotion of certain forms of gender education and critical race theory in public schools. Well, he's right. But how did we get to this point? Victor Davis Hanson, I quote him often, I, I love the guy, I've never met him, but he's terrific. One of America's most respected historians, he wrote an article that was published yesterday. It's titled, How America Became La-La Land. And he begins with this, he said, America these last 14 months resembles dystopia. It's becoming partly the world of George Orwell's 1984 and partly the poet Homer's land of lotus eaters. Nothing seems to be working. And no one in control seems to care. I'm quoting Victor Davis Hanson. He said, The once secure border of 2020 vanished. Two million people have crossed the southern border illegally in the last 12 months. Millions more are on their way. The Biden administration unilaterally and simply destroyed existing immigration law. Hanson says what followed was surreal. He continues to outline the various failures of the Biden administration. There are many. The article is an excellent overview of the mess we're in and the current leadership. I included that in an article that I wrote on our website. You can see it there today, faithandfreedom.us. But Hansen concludes that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. He said there's a common denominator that's emerging. And he says it's somewhat satirical, but it's true. He, he writes the common denominator that Biden knows that he inherited a stable, prosperous America and has nearly ruined it. And he knows that the American people know that, too. Indeed, we do. But we will be as divided in seeking a solution as we presently are now, in my opinion. 
Where do we go from here? We look to the principles of, of God upon which this nation was founded, and we trust the Lord, and he will give us the path. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.